<sighs> Hello, fellow citizens of the internet. It's once again time to grieve for me to read the spiel about how you're about to get into some labyrinth of a thing called the Dub Talk Podcast. Now we know there have been demons attacking the internet again, but I'm here to give you some tips for avoiding it. Just remember that the Dub Talk podcast is filled with languages and situations that may not be suitable for all audiences, so listener's discretion is advised. Remember that spoilers for all of Neo Yokio, or what you've seen of it, uh, will be present in this podcast, as well as for any and all other series. So if you have not watched Neo Yokio or any other series out there, be advised that we're gonna spoil it. And finally, for all you second most eligible bachelors out there, the views and opinions of Dub Talk. Ah, Jesus, look, I, I my brain is so fried, I can't even remember it. Uh, Robo Butler, what was that again? Oh, yeah. That the views and opinions expressed by members of the Dub Talk podcast are that of the individuals and do not reflect Dub Talk as a whole. There, we did it. Isn't it great, everybody? Hey, just remember. You do deserve the big toll, Barone. Except for you. You don't deserve it. Yeah, you. You know what you did. one and all and welcome to dub talk the show where a bunch of magic rats get together talk about how capitalism sucks and go on about the labyrinth of life on this hockey field my name is megan and i'm here with my mecca butler charty indeed and my aunt lilac kill me geez stuff kind of down in the dumps look here all right Y'all are making me do some weird-ass shit tonight. Can you blame me? Why did you talk me into this? Because our fans have wanted us to have the big Tolverone for a big, long time. Uh, (laughs) That's right, tonight we are finally doing the one thing that you have all never been requesting us to do. We're finally talking about the greatest anime of our time. Brought to you by Studio Dean and Production IG... From the mind of one Jaden Smith and Urza Koning. That's right, we're finally gonna talk about Neo Yokio. Sorry, I had to yell into a pillow out of. Oh, come on, Steph, it's not that bad. Hardy's taking it pretty well. I might be smiling, but I'm dying on the inside, I assure you. Oh, I mean, yeah, he's 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 good. He, so is Jaden Smith. Look, he Hardy's barely holding it together, and I can tell. I've just given up. I have lost my faith in humanity at this point. Just, just why? Oh come on, it's not that bad. Oh come to... on, it's not that bad. So, this is a Netflix original, and it's from the mind of a of a member of the Smith family. Because that's never gone wrong in the last couple of years, <laughs> right, guys? I mean, come on, it's even gotten a Christmas special. <laughs> You're funny. It's called Anime Dad. <laughs> it's called Anime Dad. 
Come on, let me just read this, the plot line, which Netflix describes New Yoki as the greatest city in the world. A modern-day alternate timeline of New York where magicians save the city uh, sa save the city from ruins from ruin by demons in the 19th century, gathering a place in the upper echelons of society to become known as Magicrats. The series revolves around Kaz Khan, a vain and wealthy Magicrat, and his mecha butler, Charles. He balances a vapid and uh, decadent life as a fashionista in the city with his demon-hunting duties managed by his stern Aunt Agatha. I mean, come on, this sounds really great. Oh god, what the fuck is that? What? Guys? What? What? What's that demon thing in the corner staring at us? Uh, no. <laughs> hold on a second. I'll be, uh, I'm gonna check it out. I'll be right back. Right. Uh, hey there. Okay, Hardy. Hey, what's going on? Oh, uh, let me just poke it right there. Oh, oh. <gasps> My arm is gone. Hardy? No, um, no, stay away. It's eating stay him! <laughs> um, and then it's gonna eat me! Oh my god! Okay. Steph, we should really get out of here. I, you know what? I don't care. On my phone is saying. Put, the, put the, me out of my misery. I don't. Just killed. Get, get me out of this mess. Put me out of my misery. Steph, no, you have so much to live for. It, it, you have so much to live for. Think of all the ranch and chicken tenders Andrew can give you. God. Oh no, you're right. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um. <laughs> You know. <laughs> hey, Steph, look over there. Guess what? I, dude, I think I see Andrew coming coming towards the building right now. Hey, Steph. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> sucker. I'm gonna. Oh God, there's a demon at the other door. Steph, we're gonna die. Yeah. Well. Um. Well, it was a good life. Well, it's been a very good run. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I. Oh, well. <laughs> You are it's getting blood all over the carpet right now. Well. <laughs> oh, God, fuck. Just cut the tape, cut the tape! rainy out here in Transylvania, or Wallachia, wherever the hell this is. I don't know, it's European and everyone's dying of plague or something. It's a bad time. I don't know why you came here. But thank you for coming. It's warm here by the fire, and we're happy to have you as our guest. Because we have a very special episode for you tonight. We're going to talk about an anime! Or at least one of those pseudo-anime western-made things that uh, makes people on the internet have conniption fits. Which is always sort of fun to watch for about five minutes and then you get bored and want to go do something else. That is right. Tonight we are going to be talking about Castlevania, the hit Netflix broadcast, Federator produced uh, anime animated series based on the Konami video game franchise of the same name. It has fighting. It has monsters. It has vampires. What more can you ask for? I am Amon, of course. Joining me tonight on this uh, little crusade, we have Gigi. Hello. You all know why I'm here, right? You all know why I'm here! <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me guess, he's about six feet tall, has blonde hair, and can turn to a wolf. 
and can step on me. <laughs> and let me guess. Well, obviously. Around similar height, dark hair. Bit of a drunky boy. I mean, you know, I like daddies, too. <laughs> and um, also joining me tonight is Roots. What is a man? A miserable pile of secrets. You know, I really can't argue with that. That's a sad thing. I had to we go there. Can't. We're talking about Castlevania. I had to go there. I mean, it is it is the line, so... <laughs> So, Understandable. so wait, is this why this is the up April Fool's episode? Because it's not really an anime? Uh, yes. I, I just wanted to point that punchline out there for anyone who didn't get the joke. <laughs> I mean, we are on the internet. Some people are very resistant to humor, so it's probably it's probably best to hedge our bets. <laughs> we could have done Neo Yokio, folks. We get over it. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'll just give you a big Toblerone. Everything will be fine. Quit bitching. Let me get my blood sucked. If it annoys you that badly, you can just exit out of the window. No one is stopping you except yourself. Uh, <laughs> but yes, we are going to talk about Castlevania. Uh, because it's a really fun show, and uh, we generally enjoy it. And it has a fun cast. And, you know, heck, we never get to do April Fool's episodes. We're usually not quite that organized, so why not? April Fool's is on a Wednesday this year. God damn it. Oh, perfect. We're going to do it. We're doing it live. We're going to do it. <laughs> it's going to be great. Uh, but before, before we start, a, a brief summary of the Castlevania TV show. Because if you are very familiar with the games, you may want to know, well, how are they adapting Castlevania? Which has at least one reboot universe. And I'm not really sure how all the games fit together anyways. It all seems very complicated. Uh, it is... I don't know, 1300s or something. We're in Wallachia. It's 1455, Thank friends. Thank you. It's 1455. We are in Wallachia. Things are going about as well as you can expect. The church is everywhere. They're vaguely corrupt. They find a witch and burn her at the stake. But they've made a terrible mistake. Said witch is Lisa Tepish, wife of Vlad Tepish, the Impaler, Dracula himself. And he is not happy about this. Uh, so in retaliation for this obvious act of violence, he, uh, he gives humanity one year to make peace with their god. And they all kind of brush him off until about a year later when, you know, blood starts raining out of the sky and little, little baby demon things start plummeting to the ground. Uh, and things kind of take a turn for the worse because, uh, Dracula's just gonna fight all the humans in a fit of, uh, anger and desperation. But there's someone who can stop him. Trevor Belmont. The last of the Belmonts, because the church deemed them all heretics and magic users and killed all of them except Trevor, who appears to have spent the intervening 30 or so years being as drunk as possible as often as possible. Sounds uh, like was... paradise. I know, right? Uh, and with uh, with some assistance from uh, Sifa Bonades, who's a, a magician and a seeker who uh, collects stories, and uh, the one and the only Alucard, Dracula's son himself, They've teamed up together to fight against Dracula and his vampire cords and hopefully stop him from murdering everyone in Wallachia. Because he's Dracula, that's what he tends to do. Hey, hey guys. <laughs> did did What's you up? know that Alucard is Dracula backwards? <gasps> Gasp! 
No! Actually, wait, yes, I did know that because I played the original <laughs> Castlevania games where they explained that in gross detail. Because <laughs> of course they did. 90s Konami. <laughs> that makes sense. 80s Konami. Oh boy, I'm going to get massacred in the comments for that one. The only thing I like more than that is that not only is that a... It's it yes you might say that is a that is a hokey decision why would you do that to which I respond well they didn't make that choice that is from uh, Dracula's daughter I think it's from one of the Universal Dracula sequels oh my god it is that is it is why if it's if you think it sounds old and hokey it's because it is old and hokey <laughs> and this is why we're all here today fam. <laughs> Yeah, you, you have to remember. You have to remember the Dracula movies weren't like the Frankenstein movies. After the first one, they're noticeably not as good. Oh damn! A lot cheaper. I mean, so we're, they... we're not talking about the Keanu Reeves one, right? Because I mean, oof. we wish. I mean, let's be real. The Dracula movies peaked at Bela Lugosi and went completely downhill until he met Abbott and Costello. Oh. <laughs> 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 uh... Oh, you know, you, Abbott and Costello movies, a.k.a. how many times can we make Mel Lugosi work for no money because he's just that desperate? <laughs> uh, breaks your heart. <laughs> but now, now that we've now that we've dunked on a lot of dead people, let's talk about let's let's, let's talk about the show, which has other different dead people who are undead, let's say, as is the common parlance. <laughs> Where am I going with this? I'm not entirely sure. I'm having too much fun. Anyways, <laughs> let us let us. Shall we discuss the dub or the the voice acting? I guess since this was probably made in English in the first place. Yes, there is a Japanese dub though. I'll bring there up. Is. I'll, I will bring up my fun fact when we get to the one character I care about. Please do. Uh, so we are going to start off with our staff, our ADR director and scriptwriter. Uh, before I start for that, I did want to point out a couple of other uh, notable people involved in the production uh, who are not on that end, but I think uh, they're worth voicing since this is an original product uh, made, you know, in English and so on. Uh, one is the uh, the director associated with these uh, with this show. Uh, it is The primary director is a guy named Sam Dietz. Um, he's joined on direction on a few episodes by Spencer Wan and his brother, brother Adam Dietz. Uh, Sam hasn't done a lot previously. Uh, this is kind of like his first big role. I did find funny, he actually did animation for a movie I've seen. Uh, he worked on a uh, documentary called Meet the Patels, uh, which is about an Indian-American guy who basically decides to try and enter into, like, a traditional Indian marriage. Uh, and it talks a lot about kind of, like, you know, culture conflict and his position as, like, you know, he's, he's Indian, but he grew up in America, so there's sort of a distance there. It's a good documentary. I, I, I recommend it. Uh, and the person I want to highlight briefly is the... Uh, showrunner of the show, which is a guy named Adi Shankar. A part of me wants to make fun of Adi Shankar because why he is do, an object... Why do I know who that is? There's a couple things you might know. He, he's an objectively ridiculous human being, but he's also clearly living his best life, so I can't hate him too much. <laughs> <laughs> he, is a, he is mostly known as being an executive producer for movies. Among his other things he's made, he made Dread, the Carl Urban Judge Dread movie. Uh, oh, he made sick. Killing Them Softly and... Uh, and uh, a walk among the tombstones, uh, but he's perhaps best known on the internet. He does these things called, he has this thing called the bootleg universe, where he basically makes high budget shorts set in notable franchises. Uh, my my favorite of these is he did a Punisher short, 
where he actually got Thomas Jane, the guy who plays the Punisher in the 2004 Punisher movie, to play the Punisher in this short he made. Which is not authorized by anybody. He just made this <laughs> and threw it on YouTube. He's living his best life, man. Basically. He uh, also he's did he's, a he's very done. infamous um, dark reboot kind of uh, short film with Jason... Um, J- uh, is it David Jason, Jason Frank or Jason David Frank? Uh, the Power Ranger? Yeah, the Power Ranger one. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That's yeah, where yeah. I know him from then. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a character and he also very infamously tried to get a very dark bloody reboot of Mega Man Greenlit which did not go anywhere I'm not I, I'm both not shocked that he would do that and also not shocked that it didn't get off the ground he, need, he needed to wait for a more violent video game franchise to work on that's all like this one <laughs> god damn it Roll the credits, Amon. Roll the credits. All right. I just want to credit them because this is the original production, which we don't talk about all that often. Um, But now let's get to our ADR director and our scriptwriter. The ADR direction on this was done by Meredith Lane, who, as far as I can tell, has done done a lot of voice direction work in the Western uh, and sort of the Western animation world. Among our other credits, she's done Be and Puppy Cat. Uh, Bravest oh, wow. Warriors, also Frederator shows, you'll note. And uh, she did the direction on Seis uh, uh, Manos, the uh, one of Netflix's other sort of adult-oriented animated shows, which I have not seen yet, but I'm very curious about it. It looks interesting. Uh, and the scriptwriter uh, is a guy named Warren Ellis. Uh, now, his, his, his background writing in animation, he has some, but he hasn't done too, too much. Uh, his big thing is he wrote a... I believe it was a straight-to-DVD movie, or I think a television miniseries called G.I. Joe Resolute, uh, which was like in the band in the 2000s. It was a... As far as I know, among G.I. Joe fans, it was actually considered to be really good. A good G.I. Joe cartoon, if you will. Oh, is that the one they put on uh, Adult he's... Swim? I think so, yeah. Why am I here? I don't know. <laughs> There's a hot blonde man. He is also, he's the story, he's credited as the story advisor for the, uh, the various Marvel anime series that came out in kind of like the late, mid-late 2000s, uh, which as far as I can tell basically meant he wrote an outline and then it was made by other people. Uh, and he wrote an episode of, uh, Justice League Unlimited, which, uh, is about, like, little nanobots trying to take over the world. I recall being very good. Uh, however, that's not what Warren Ellis is known for. He's known for being a comic book writer. He's a personal favorite of mine. I think Warren Ellis is the shit. Oh. Uh, among other things, he has written uh, Iron Man Extremists, which is the storyline that basically became Iron Man 3. He's written Transmetropolitan, The Authority, Global Frequency, Planetary, and Next Wave, Agents of Hate, The Pinnacle of Human Creativity. Because where else are you going to see Jack Kirby monsters doing a West Side Story dance? Only in Next Wave, that's where. <laughs> Beautiful. It's great. Next wave Just... is beautiful. Next wave is wonderful. Go read it. Chef oh, kiss. Indeed. Now that I've gushed enough, would you, shall we talk about the uh, the uh, writing and direction on this on the voice acting? Yes, I I, I got issues. <laughs> uh, go go ahead. Well, start us off then. Um. First of all, why does everybody have an accent, and why are all the accents different? I don't know a lot about American cartoons. Let's put that out there. I mean, if they weren't done by Disney, I probably haven't seen them. 
but I'm just like, I do know stuff about dubbing and I know stuff about accent work. So here's my big, huge problem that I have. Why does everybody have a different accent? They're all different. Some of them are not great. Um, but here's another thing. Okay, so almost everyone in the cast, because I googled this, is some kind of seasoned actor. Like, not necessarily a voice actor. And it kind of shows. But that's okay. It's interesting casting choices. I don't know, fam. It's just... It feels very different from what I'm used to. So if Netflix is like marketing this as a quote anime, like it just, it doesn't scream anime to me, even though it sort of looks like one, maybe. Um, and then my writing thing is why, why does everybody curse so much? Because Warren Ellis wrote it. That's <laughs> once you said comic book writer, I was like, okay, well that answers my question. <laughs> But I was like, it's 1455. There's got to be another word for fuck in there. Like, I'm pretty sure in 1455, people did not run around giving each other the finger. There had to be something else to do. So I'm just like, me and me and my period pieces and my accent work. Like, I get it because everybody is kind of like different ethnicities and comes from different time periods and stuff like that. But Everyone sort of has a vaguely British accent, which makes sense because all most of the actors are European actors. So they kind of all just brought their own accents in without trying to give it some kind of cohesiveness, which, hey, if that's what they're going to do, that's what they're going to do. Um, my other my other thing is with the writing, there's like long stretches of dialogue <laughs> that got real boring. Um and I forgot the story halfway through season two when I was watching this over the phone with the boyfriend. And I was like, wait a minute, is Alucard Dracula's son? And he was like, you learned that in like episode four. And I was like, I did. Like I knew in my head that Alucard was Dracula's son, but I just couldn't remember anything in the anime before where I was. I, I don't know, fam. I'm just very confused by this dub. And I'm, I'm sticking to it. Like, I just, I can't take long stretches of boring dialogue without some kind of vocal inflection or something happening through it to make it interesting. And it just, this is mostly through season two. Honestly, I think the dub of season one was leagues above season two. So fight me with what you may. But that's what I thought about it. All right. Roots. Okay. Um. So I kind of, I kind of had a similar thing with Gigi about the accents, not necessarily because they weren't good. I mean, these were probably the, the accents the actors naturally had and they were working with it, but it was just, it's sort of the idea of like a fifties and sixties cinema in the U S where Everybody from, like, Eastern Europe still had a British accent. Like, that was just very weird to me. And, um... Though I do get why they did it for, um... For Trevor. Because he does go into a little bit of a backstory that, um... His family traveled with a bunch of Celts. And that's... That's how that happened. Um... I actually do really like the, uh... The dialogue script writing, though. 
Because um, between <laughs> between everybody just yelling shit and fuck and you know every sort of expletive and where you can go shove things. Um, there's a lot of really great banner between the three leads. Like, yes, I, I, I do agree with that. Like the funny parts were really funny. Like it is, it's really funny when it needs to be. There's a lot of great little character moments that I'll, I'll get to also later, but then when season two rolls around and you get to see more of Dracula's generals and how they interact and how they're catty toward each other and like I really like that I like for an army of the undead Dracula's army completely felt alive so and on the side of casting I thought it was really smartly done and um Props for season three for also having, like, a really interesting cast of characters, at least on paper. Because as of recording this, that is probably about two-ish weeks out. Because mm -hmm. that's... It, they've got, like, Bill Nye and Jason Isaacs and all of them. Which, hey, we got to talk about... Almond and I got to talk about Jason Isaacs just a couple of months ago, so... It's true. He's popping up everywhere. <laughs> but, um, I do think that it got a little info dumpy at times. Uh, but other than that, I think the dialogue was the strongest point of the show, and I think the, uh, the writing nailed it. So, yeah. Nice. Um, let's see, the... The accent, the accent stuff didn't bother me as much. I think that's just because I'm used to watching 2 B movies where they don't have consistent accents anyways. It just seems to be... Yeah, just... just. Let's see. We're making a movie about medieval Europe. Who do we have on hand? <laughs> Jack Nicholson. Well, we'll have him in here. Is he going to attempt an accent? He's going to speak in whatever that thing he talks in is. That's fine. Yeah, and I. Incidentally, this is a real move. This is a real movie you can go watch. It's uh, some <laughs> his Roger Corman days. Oh my he god! He sticks out like a sore thumb. Oh he's trying. God. He is trying his best, but he still sounds like he's from New Jersey. And I got like real Hammer Horror vibes as well from this, just oh, from yeah. the accent work. Oh yes, oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. No, this is this in another in another in another lifetime. One of these characters is played by Peter Cushing. You know. <laughs> Let's be real, it would have been the priest. It would have been the priest. <laughs> oh, wouldn't, it, wouldn't, have been, wouldn't have been great if this had been made a little bit earlier and they could have just gotten Christopher Lee to play Dracula. Oh my god, stop, again. please! <laughs> like, they would have asked, you know, uh, hey, you want to play Dracula in this animated adaptation of a video game? He's like, Dracula? Shit. I'll do it. These are jokes that only we will get. <laughs> here, guys. Here you go. Deku. There, I just got our audience back. <laughs> pay, pay attention to this Japanese cartoon. <laughs> 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 ah, we got your attention again. Good. Um, 
That's it. I did. I by, by and large, I did. I did think the direction was done well here. I think the the caption thing is very interesting. Uh, I do think that there is like the, especially I think like the the dynamics between the characters is well done. Uh, the comedy bits are all very good. Uh, I'll I'll talk about specific highlights when we get to those characters. Um, and look, when I started watching this, I was you know I knew Warren Ellis was writing on it, and I'm like, I wonder if this is gonna be obviously a Warren Ellis script. And then within five minutes, someone's talking about fucking a goat, and I'm like, yeah, it's a Warren Ellis script, all right. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yep. It's like why why is there why is this scene in the bar talking about bestiality? There you go. Amusement? I don't know. The what do you do in Wallachia? Well. <laughs> You have your answer, fam. Yeah, there you go. Um, so I was I was predisposed to like the script writing as is, but I do think it's very strong. I think the I think the comedy is very sharp. I think the character interactions are very sharp. Um, I do agree the pacing's weird, although I suspect that's a holdover from. Uh, my understanding is this: the, uh, way back in the day, Warren Ellis was hired to do a trilogy of straight to DVD Castlevania movies. And from my understanding, the at, the at least the script for the first one got had been like finished and approved by Konami before it fell apart. And I kind of suspect season one is probably some version of that script. Um, and I suspect had they started afresh and were doing just like a one, you know, a twelve seat, a twelve episode first season, I suspect the pacing would have been smoothed out a little bit better. But I think some of the wonkiness is probably a holdover from like, okay, we have this unit to work around, and then we need to kind of fill in the rest now that that's been successful even if ideally they probably would have you know paced the action and the dialogue out differently um but like by and large i was i was i was pretty happy with this i was pretty consistently entertained even even when it was getting you know a little too info dumpy for its own good but on that note should we talk about some very minor characters yes sir yes so the actual credited cast for castlevania is pretty small so we're more or less going to be able to go through everybody without too much trouble and to start us off, we have that grand tradition of fantasy. Uh, characters who don't really have names, they're just titles. <laughs> uh, we have we have the Elder. Uh, he is the leader of the Speakers, who are sort of this nomadic group that wander around uh, this part of Europe. They collect stories. Um, and this one in particular is uh, the grandfather of Saifa, who's one of the main characters, I think, or father. I forget which. Um, he seems like a nice man. Uh, and on the other side, we have the bishop. He's the man who burns Lisa Tepish at the stake. Uh, he is clearly power mad and greedy. That's another <laughs> way you can tell this is a Warren Ellis script. <laughs> Organized religion, not good for you. God damn it. Um, he's, uh, he, but he gets his comeuppance in the end. Uh, the elder is played by Tommy Amadola. Uh, who's a seasoned TV actor. Uh, he plays uh, Bratak on Stargate SG-1, which is what I know him from. Uh, he voices the character of uh, Ino Cordova in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, which came out recently, and he plays a character named Archmage Kodgar in World of Warcraft, a game I have never played. Uh, and The Bishop <laughs> is played by, by Matt Schreuer. Uh, who does, does actually have some voice acting credits to his name. He plays Panic in Hercules. That's one of Hades' little lackeys. Oh! Okay. Uh, he that, plays... That's why he yeah. sounded familiar. Uh, oh, he's going to sound real familiar in a second, Roots. Um, he plays Jackal in Gargoyles. Oh, okay. His most, his, most fa his most famous role is he is Max Headroom. Oh, God my God. God damn it. 
That's that's Matt Frewer under all that makeup. <laughs> Holy shit! God damn it! The joke I forgot to make in Gatchaman crowds. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Oh yes. <clears throat> I was going to compare David Wald's Berg Katza to Max Headroom, and I totally forgot. Oh my so there god! You go. Stop. <laughs> we can't be friends anymore. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Castlevania in a good way. Relationships. <laughs> oh. oh, God. All right. So on that note, what do what do we what do we think about these two uh, these two leadery types of very moral quality? What kind of accent does the elder have? Is it Spanish? I don't know. This is gonna this, unclear. This is my note. Every character, what kind of accent are they supposed to have? What kind of accent does the actor have? I know this dude because he was friggin' Geppetto in Once Upon a Time. Hey, which is something <laughs> something that I watched. Um, I put what a good boy. He's a nice grandpa. That's that's all I gotta say. Season one still far surpasses season two um and then i loved the bishop he's very evil so thank you for that thank you for perpetuating the scary catholic stereotype that i've had to work against my entire life but you know it works i've seen hunchback of notre dame a lot i know how this shit goes everybody's afraid of the scary catholics so (laughs) is this gonna get edited out (laughs) because for the record i am a catholic well, I mean, God you know help what to do in those situations. All. You kick open the church doors and yell sanctuary, and then you're safe. Yeah, well, where was that, Trevor Belmont? Why didn't you do that shit? Maybe people would have lived longer. Or Dracula. What if Dracula had sanctuary in the church? How fucked up would that be? <laughs> you just, you just, you just wandering around the pews, smoking quiet. Just smoke comes off the entire time <laughs> slowly <laughs> eating <laughs> communion <laughs> wafers and drinking a glass of wine that may or may not be blood mr mr dracula doesn't any of that hurt i'm used to it <laughs> <laughs> no i th- i thought these performances were really good i really liked the bishop the bishop was fucking evil and it blew my it blew my mind a little bit but i thought they did a great job Alright, uh, Roots. Yeah, so I don't have much to say about the Elder because he really just kind of shows up for like an episode or two worth of content and just kind of, you know, wanders off. Mm-hmm. But um, I do like the sort of gentle old man performance that Tony gave him. Um, Again, really not much to him. Oh, actually, you know what? There is a little bit more. Um, There's a bit of a sense of naivete to him. Just, you know, as sort of a part of a group of people who travel and collect stories, um, he's not very world-wise from what I could see of him. Uh, Just because I would assume the parts of his mind that would be devoted to learning customs and all that is just spent with more you know, information about magic and monsters and, you know, important stuff. So I 
I did like the performance. There just wasn't a lot to the character to really cling to. Uh, same can't be said about the priest. Um, I'm sorry, the bishop. Uh, played by Matt Frewer. Um, like Gigi said, he is, it is a very done well evil priest performance, but then there's also this sense of, like, pompousness to him. Uh, especially in the moments following when he executes, um, Dracula's wife, and that moment right before he decides to show up and just say, you know, you got yet a year, scram. Um, just that sort of he gloats about, oh yeah, we killed this woman, ha ha ha, she was a witch, ha 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 ha. Dracula? Oh, he's not going to be a worry, ha 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 also, I, I love the fact. The Catholic Church. I love the fact in the um, second or third to last episode, he shows up again as a zombie to consecrate the river. Yeah, that's pretty great. <laughs> Where it's oh, just God. like, oh yeah, he was completely humiliated in season one by getting, you know, absolutely massacred by demons, and to add insult to injury, he's zombified. In season two. It's great. Like, I love moments of comeuppance like that for villains. Uh, but I thought the... I thought the performance itself was really bone-chilling and great. And, yeah. Thumbs up. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm a pretty steady agreement. Uh, the Elder doesn't show up all that much. And he doesn't have too much to do. But I did like Tony's performance. He felt very... It, 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 there's nice gentleness about him. He felt like a nice little oasis of just, like, a nice, calm man in this really horrifying world. Um, it was a good performance. If he... If, if his, there's a possibility his character will show up again, given where the plot of the series seems to be going. And that'd, that'd be nice. I, I enjoyed hearing him. Um, but I, I, I think these two... I think Matt Furrow is really the standout. He is, he is so good at just playing that just very... He's just very, he's a little self-absorbed and creepy, and he is, he is not, he is not concerned about the obvious thing he should be concerned about, because the Lord is on his side, so he doesn't have to worry about anything, right? <laughs> and then, uh, and then a demon comes and eats him. Oops. Well, that's what happens sometimes. Well. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um, but yeah, Fur Furu is just, he's, he's just really good at just committing to that, like, icy, just disinterest in what, even just what he's doing. He's, like, burning a woman alive, and he's like, ah, well, she shouldn't have, you know, she shouldn't have consorted with a vampire. Oh, well. Yeah, no, he, it was, this is a very strong performance, and I also really enjoyed him, like, just coming back really. It's like, hey, remember this guy? They brought him back to life and are using them for their own purposes. <laughs> what a chump. Serves him right. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know if he'll be coming back again, but you know, who can say? I wasn't expecting him to see him in season two in the first place. It's an Easter egg now, man. Oh, yeah. Eh, Easter egg. It's funny because he's Catholic. <laughs> This 
whole episode is just going to be bad Catholic jokes and bad vampire jokes. You bet. Oh. But on that note, let's 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 talk about some actual vampires, shall we? Yay! Vampires. Uh, Dra- in the second season, we meet Dracula's War Council. Um, a lot of them don't say very much. It looks like uh, other other vampires might show up some more in season three. Uh, but in season two, the main focus is on two particular members. Uh, we have Carmilla. Uh, she is she is a big name in Dracula's council. She is one of the characters who originally who is also shows up in the video games. Where ironically, there she is one of Dracula's most most staunch supporters. Here, however, she is conniving and backstabbing, and thinks he's a tired old man who's trying to kill himself, and that she can run things better. So she 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 has a little plot she hatches, and it goes in some interesting directions. Let's say. Uh, she, of course, gets her name from uh, Carmilla, the 1872 novella by Joseph Sheridan Le Fanu, uh, which, for those of you out there who like vampire literature, is probably like the most notable like pre-Dracula vampire story. So if you're into that kind of thing, you can check that out. Uh, and we have a, a foil to her of sorts. We have Godbrand. He is a Viking. He is a vampire. He makes things into boats. <laughs> There is absolutely nothing he doesn't want to fuck, kill, or make into a boat. It's true. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> he has he has three hobbies, and he is very good at all of them. Presumably. <laughs> uh, Godbrand does not have any analog in the game. That is a that is a that is a pure Warren Ellis creation. You can tell. Oh my god! Ooh, I can see it. Um. So, uh, Carmilla is played by Jamie Murray. Uh, she doesn't have, uh, too many, uh, voice acting credits under her belt as far as I can tell, but you might know her for playing Stacey Monroe in Hustle, Lila West in Dexter, and, uh, she played Nissa Al Ghul in the last season of Gotham. Uh, Gavrand, on the other hand, is played by Peter Stormare. Uh, he does have some voice acting credits, actually. He plays Dracula in the straight-to-DVD movie The Batman vs. Dracula. Wow. Uh, he plays Dr. Hill in the video game Until Dawn. Uh, but if you're like me, there's one Peter Stromer role you hold near and dear to your heart. And that is his performance as Gear Grimsurd in Fargo, a.k.a. the guy who feeds Steve Buscemi into a wood chipper. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, he, also sh- he also shows up in, Big Le- in The Big Lebowski as one of the neo-Nazis who cut off that lady's toe. <laughs> 10 out of 10 quality performances here, fam. You bet. <laughs> Fucking nihilist, <laughs> man. <laughs> That's right, they're nihilist. No, they're they're nihilists. Walter just says, say what you will about National Socialism, at least it's an ethos. I got that confused in my head. My apologies. <laughs> anyway, should we talk about some vampires? Yes, please. <laughs> Gigi, would you like to start again? At first, I wanted Carmilla to step on me. I was very into this performance, and I was like, finally, a badass bitch who knows what's going on and is going to take over the castle. She's going to hurt everyone, and I thought that was what I wanted. I really did. Um, And then her performance was just so despicable because this character sucks the soul out of everything including poor Hector which I don't want to talk about right at this moment 
oh god um but literally when i hear a performance that and it's not just like the characters actions like that are on screen but the vocal tones and like how they say lines and everything that made me turn from loving her to hating her like you know they're doing a good job because i was just like i was kind of blown away by this even though again questionable accent but i'm just gonna chalk this up everybody has a questionable accent it's probably their own accent i'm really like cohesive accents and this didn't happen in this um but yeah, I just thought that she sounded like so despicable and that she just hated fucking everything. And I was just like, I hate you. Like, I, I hate you. Like, this is, oh God, I just want to stake her. Um, so I thought the performance was really great. Um, the one thing that kind of took me out of it, but I guess not in a bad way, was at the very end of, I think, episode six, where the castle was disappearing because Sypha was moving the castle and like there was just like a beat and then she said something like what the fuck or like what the fuck just happened <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about yeah, yeah no, I remember that line yeah I can't remember the exact line but I was just like that was completely unnecessary but I mean I was thinking it in my head but I didn't expect it to come out of a 1455 vampire's mouth like that like it was fucking 2014 so i was like okay well whatever it was still funny i'll give it a pass um and then Godbrand is great he just wants to party and get laid and drink blood <laughs> fucking love him this was actually one of my personal favorite performances um and his performance provided uh sorely needed comic relief during parts of this anime where it was just like, oh my god, everyone is dying. Like, everyone hates each other. Let's go fuck a horse. Oh, okay. Like, you know, whatever. And let's make a boat out of it. I was like, alright, we're good. We're good. We like this guy. He, This performance is actually one of my favorite ones, so I was very happy with it. It made me laugh a lot. Yeah. Roots. Okay. So I'm kind of glad that, you know, these two characters were put into the same category together because one of my favorite interactions in the show is when they are um when they're both kind of interacting with one another for the first time that you see and she's just like Godbrand there isn't a thing you don't want to fuck kill or make a boat out of and then Godbrand just turns around and is just like I'm a Viking. We fucking love boats. <laughs> I'm just like, yes, yes. I love this. I think I think the line is what is like. I'm a fucking Viking. We make boats out of things. That's what we do. There we go. I would like to apologize. I would like to apologize for that accent. By the way, you sounded like Scrooge McDuck. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the both of them were tour de forces of this show and different and incredibly dynamic ways. Um, another thing I really love about Carmilla's introduction is she comes into the castle and, like, one of the first things that comes out of her mouth is Dracula, why didn't you turn your white? Was she a pet to you? 
and it's just like, whoa! Just one of those... I forgot about that. Like, one of those things that she just has the absolute audacity to just say what's on her mind, and she has a point. Like, Carmilla is here to ask the hard questions. <laughs> the thing I really like about the writing with Carmilla, though, is she is 100% written as the bitch. But at the same time, everything she does has a point to it. Everything she says to people, everything she shows people and reveals about herself, like... She has reasons for doing everything that she's doing, and I I love when she's explaining that to Hector. And or was it Hector or was it Dracula? Where she basically tells her backstory that she was turned by an elder vampire. He went mad. I think it was Hector. Okay. I think that was Hector. And then she turns around and says, Yeah, you know, I'm not 100% a fan of following Dracula's orders because he's another old man about to go mad. I'm just like, yeah, I can get behind this. But Jesus Christ, Godbrand. Like, holy shit. Like, he is just... Every time he opens his mouth, it is absolutely hilarious. And the best part about it is, it doesn't break the flow or energy of the show. This is true. Like, Godbrand could have been written entirely differently, performed entirely differently, and he could have felt like a Jar Jar. Or, you know... Mm. Ooh. Yeah. Like, it could have very easily been you know, over-the-top comic relief you know, tripping all over himself. And it, it it just didn't. He had the right kind of energy to him for the show. Um, I feel like he kind of represents what Castlevania as a show is meant to be. Like, the dark and bloody and gritty reboot but so dark and bloody and gritty that you actually get a laugh out of it. So, I thought these two performances were absolutely spectacular. Uh, some of the best in the show. Like, absolute thumbs up. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was also really impressed with um, Jamie's performance. She, she's just a very good job of inhabiting this character, who is clearly ambitious um and maybe a little power hungry but she very she has a point like she's not her motivations are not wrong they're not solely driven by like you know oh why, why aren't i'm in charge it's like no i've seen this before it ends badly <laughs> we're better off just getting rid of him now before it gets worse <laughs> because because as you'll note if we kill all the humans we're going to die too not a good plan Let's not do that. Um, and it's I she she just does a good job of just uh, be playing this character, and and see and you know she and she you know, she's 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 a point and she she's enacting this plot and she pulls people over to her side, 
Uh, but at the end of the day, you have to remember that Carmilla is looking out for herself. And if you're maybe you're more useful as, you know, a tool for her needs, she's fine with that. And you're going to have to be. <laughs> Poor Hector. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. I know. I know. Um, yeah, no, her, I, I thought her performance is really strong. I'm, ver I'm very happy that she is going to be sticking around. Looks like she's going to be a big part of the upcoming third season. It brings me great shame to, slight spoiler, say that obviously we cannot expect that of Godran because he gets murdered about halfway through season two. Oh, <sighs> I was so heart. sad. I know. But you do have he, to admit he, that entire fight was just the best. Oh, that was the the fight was great. Like I don't I don't regret that scene. I'm just sad because I enjoy Peter Stormare so much, and I know like we're probably not going to get any more of this particular character, which is sad. I hope he gets flashbacks though. Flashback. Flashbacks. flashbacks. <laughs> Give us the flash. Like I, I have suspect this character exists as he does because at some point while they're developing season two, Warnell's just got an email and they're like. We might be able to get Peter Stormare for this. Can you write a character for him? And Warren was like, can I? You're going to make the best goddamn Viking vampire you've ever seen. Why don't you? You can you can tell he had a lot of fun writing this character and finding just that right that right place to put him where, like, he's over the top and he's funny, but he still fits. He makes sense here. He doesn't feel like... He doesn't feel like poorly inserted comic relief. I think... I think Peter completely nails that in his performance. He is he is so entertaining and he is just the right level of over the top and and, and silly, but ne never going too far. Always feeling like, no, this is a character who does make sense in this world. Um, I also just like the little flashback where he's just like hunting for people in, you know, Norway or whatever. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you know, around other vampires, Godbrand's kind of ridiculous. Among humans, he's horrifying. He will murder you and eat you. He does like to eat people. He really does. Yeah, um, these, these both of these performances were were absolutely excellent. I, th I I agree. I think these are some of the best ones in the entire show. Just a plus stuff. This episode brought to you by humans. It's the meat you just can't eat. Oh my god! <laughs> That's okay. So like in the last episode, like when Isaac beat up all those guys and then there were horses and he's like got a campfire with the meat on it <laughs> no, and no, here's I, me I wondered the exact same thing I was like is he eating them is he eating the people and Chris was like there's a horse on the ground and I was like oh but but so no I had the same I mean, thought look, as well we're, <laughs> look we're, we're, we're about we're about to talk about Hector and Isaac and let's be honest here that would not be super out of character for Isaac he no really it really wouldn't humanity. Oh, he hates humans. He hates himself. That boy, like, hates himself more than Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance. Jesus Christ. Talk about emo. <laughs> oh, my God. There's not enough red eyeshadow in the world for Isaac, man. Oh, no, I broke the boys. <laughs> I, ho I hope you're having as much fun as we are, audience, because we're having a blast. <laughs> We have fun here. So, on on that note, let us talk about Hector and Isaac. Uh, they work for Dracula. They are they are Devil Forge Masters, which basically means they have magic that allows them to uh, resurrect dead bodies and turn them into the legion, the hordes, the undead hordes for Dracula's army. 
for the make monsters and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, Hector is the he's the uh, he's a uh, you know they both have a, they both have kind of a axe to grind for against people for tragic backstory reasons. Uh, Hector he's, he's he's a little more he's maybe a little more optimistic uh, a little a little more naive maybe even. Uh, which doesn't work out so well for him by the end of the season, unfortunately. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's he's trying to do what he thinks is the right thing. Um, and Isaac, on the other hand, is a little more cynical about everything. And much more loyal to Dracula. He thinks Dracula knows what he's doing. Because, like, hey, if Dracula kills off all the humans... Hey! They probably deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have you seen his backstory? <laughs> get it backstory it, oh i didn't even intend that pun thank you gg for pointing that out oh, sorry that was great. <laughs> yeah isaac isaac isaac's backstory is real fucking rough <laughs> at that point i wonder he hates people i'd hate people too You're good. On that note, um, um, what is it? Uh, Hector, speaking of actors, Hector is played by uh, Theo James. Uh, he, uh, he has a few, has a few notable roles under his belt. He plays Tobias Eaton in the Divergent movies, which I have not watched. I assume they're, they're I have. Adult movies. There you go. They're terrible. Uh, that's what I've heard. <laughs> Uh, he plays uh, Sidney Parker in the upcoming show uh, Sanditon, and Roots. He's in Dark Crystal: Age of Resistance. He plays Rekir, a character that I don't remember who that is, but he's in there. Oh, Actually, did we talk about him? Did we talk oh, about him? In the okay, I can't remember now. No, we we didn't actually get to talk about him. He was the um, he's the guy with the giant manta ray that flies in the desert. Ah, oh, that guy, neat. And uh, Isaac is played by uh, Edetu Komba McCormack, uh, who you might know for playing Yemi in Lost, uh, Tuko in the first season of Heroes, a.k.a. the good one, Yep. Uh, and Kofi in Gods and Heroes. Uh, fun fact, uh, both of these characters have their origins in the uh, PS2 slash Xbox Castlevania game, Castlevania Curse of Darkness, where respectively they are voiced by Crispin Freeman and Liam O'Brien. Huh. Oh, all right. Fun fact for you. It's food for thought, fam. Indeed. Human food for thought. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> so, oh god. Gigi, would you like to, would you like to start us off, or uh, do you need a minute? I'm all right. I I want to talk about Hector, who ended up being my best boy, probably because he's so fucking sad all the time, and I just want to give him a cookie or maybe a puppy. Jesus Wait, Christ. Wait, I forgot Hector has an adorable zombie dog. Yeah, that's it's the best part. It's not a zombie dog, it's a zombie pug. It's a zombie pug. A zompug. So cute. Yeah. I love him. Apparently, apparently, apparently based on a dog that uh, Sam Dietz had, who sadly passed away right before season two started production. Oh, it's no. His, it's his, his little tribute to his departed best friend. Oh, that's so sweet. Isn't it? He's just like Hector. I love Hector, guys. Um, He's so sad all the time. But, like, I didn't feel that the performance here was one note like it could have been. 
for a character who is like so depressed all the time like he just he doesn't know what to do he's like do i go with my boy drac or do i go with a girl who could step on me unfortunately he makes the wrong decision here that's a note to everyone never go with the one who's gonna step on you just note that but the performance like at first i was like eh, whatever i don't care about this dude but then as i heard him talking it made me want to root for him so i was like i hope he's okay spoiler he's not okay not okay at all he gave me some kind of weird role play thing that i think i might have experienced at one point in my life but we won't go there Uh (laughs) 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 um no but i i really like this performance a lot i love hector he ended up being my best boy which is a shocker because you know who's coming up soon uh Oh my god. Um, the one thing I will have to say though is that during his episode was the one where I started to tune out. Like the one where it started off with him and the dog. And I was like, when is it going to get interesting again? Like I was just waiting for something to happen. And I'm pretty sure I fell asleep at one point in the middle of that episode just because, like, not him, but like a lot of the other stuff that was going on was just dialogue after dialogue after dialogue and i was like can something please happen that's interesting something anything please stop talking some of it was not so great in my opinion um and again with both characters what's with the random accent um as for isaac this performance um i believed him that he really hated himself i was Like, yep, you are so full of self-loathing that you're not only going to kill every single human being on the earth, but you're also going to kill yourself. To the point where I was like, when Dracula, like, banished him into the mirror, and I was like, why did he do that? And Chris was like, because he wants to save him because they're actually friends. And I was like, but he wants to die. Let him die. (laughs) Like, just let him take the bullet. Take the stake for his bestie, Drac that's what he wants jesus christ why would you deny this poor man what he wants look at his back just give him what he wants god but he no i was very convincing i i was convinced by this performance it felt very authentic to me which is something that i can't say for some of the other ones but no it was really good like these two guys for being humans who hate themselves i felt the loathe i felt the loathe boys uh, roots. Okay. Um, so I agree with a lot of what Gigi was saying. Um, I do also want to note that another thing I really liked about um, Theo James playing Hector, um, not only was it sort of a more melancholy performance, uh, there was also that sense of naivete to him. That, you know, that kind of thing that would get a man to switch sides to the the vampire that'll step on him. (laughs) (laughs) He's a good boy. He don't know what's going on. He just wants to be loved by somebody. Um, Not his zombie dog. I do like the fact that he was a... um, He was played as sort of the guy who... I like that he was the one who didn't necessarily want humanity to die out entirely. I, I think if that were an element to his character, that would have just kind of 
pushed it a little over the edge. Um, I do very like, much like his uh, dynamic between himself and Carmilla. I also like the dynamic between him and Isaac. Uh, just because I, I got the general sense that he was definitely being pulled from all sides. And I genuinely wondered what was going to happen to his character after, you know, the castle vanished and he was basically left to his own devices with Carmilla. But I guess we found yeah. out that right mm. quick. Mm. I was like Dude? that too. I was like, where's Hector? Where did he go? What is he doing? He's having a bad time. He's in the doghouse. Yeah, do do note do note viewers at home. I think the one the major piece of promotional art for season three. He is on it. He has a collar on his neck, and I do not believe he has any clothing. Excuse me, I need to go to Google right now. You guys talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> all right, take all the time you need, Jeej. Uh, so on the other hand, um, Ade Kumbo as Isaac, I really loved it. Like. Um, he definitely had a sense of bleak nihilism to his performance. It was, I especially like, I want to say it was him in the flashback. I, I don't think they got another actor to play, um, to play young Isaac, mm -hmm. but where he's, um, he's learning alchemy and then his teacher catches him and just beats the crap out of him. You get the general sense of why he wanted humanity to just go away. Mm. And didn't much care if he got caught in the crossfire or not. But I... I love the fact that while Hector was torn in all directions at once, um, Isaac remained stalwart and loyal to Dracula, and that was a thing that I really liked about the last couple episodes of the show. Um, and the one scene I really like of his is right as the castle is being besieged, uh, by our three heroes, and he goes up to warn Dracula that, you know, hey, they're on their way up, uh, our forces couldn't stop them at all, and Dracula's just like, oh, yeah, um, I want to thank you for your loyalty, but I can't let you stay here. And he pushes him through the magic mirror. Yeah. And just lets mm. him live. And I really like that. Like, both of these performances were really great. Like, we're getting up to the point where I... I... God, I had fun with just about all the characters we're talking about. But these two had great dynamics throughout the show. And I, I loved every moment they were on the screen. I found that photo. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you what do you think, Gigi? I think I'm gonna need like maybe ninety seconds alone. <laughs> Alright. You I'll, should talk I'll... you should talk now. <laughs> Alright, I can do that. Talk amongst yourselves. Only ninety seconds, I'll be quick. Alright. Alright. Um I'm in, I'm in agreement. I like both. I like these performances a lot. Um, 
I did. I, I did like that Theo did a good job of capturing like the the sadness of Hector's character, but also giving him like like variety within that. Uh, like it wasn't just like oh, he, he didn't just sit around and mope. Like he does he does things and he does and he's, he is, he feels internal conflict, uh, and he made an adorable undead pug. I really can't get over this pug. It is so cute. <laughs> It is what a what a perfect little touch. It's like, of course, of course, he is the kind of person that, when given the power to resurrect corpses, makes a dog. He resurrects his dead pet. Of course, he did that. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. He just like it says. That's it says so much about his character that he would do that in the first place. Especially in comparison to Isaac, who clearly does not. Who whatever sentimental values he used to have, like they're they're they've long since died. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I, I thought I thought Theo did a good job of bringing that to him. He of making him feel like the like someone who still like would be in the situation of like making undead hordes for a vampire, but also the guy is like, you know, if we kill everybody, that's maybe not great. Maybe we shouldn't do that. You know, there's some there's some level of like you know, there there there's some some level of optimism in him at least up until maybe the last scene of season two. I'm not I'm not sure how long that's gonna last now. Oof. Uh, and uh, Adete Kumbo, uh, I, I liked his performance a lot as well. I thought he did he did such a wonder, he did such a great job of selling just the not quite the exhaustion of Isaac, but just the level of like I know what I want to do, and it's just this one thing. And so long as I can get this one thing and, and get my revenge on the species, things are good. <laughs> and then he can and he can sit in he can sit in the basement and uh, whip himself endlessly because <laughs> he's he got. A, that boy has problems. Oh god. Poor man. <laughs> he's just trying to live uh, his best life. He's he's trying. And, and I agree with Roots. I thought that scene with him and Dracula were like he's like, No, Dracula, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by your side. And, you know, you know, I, I'm choosing to stay here with you and then Dracula's like, you know, well I'm I I regret only that I take that choice from you and just <laughs> eats him through the portal. He's <laughs> like, I like I like you, Isaac. You stood by me. You get to live. <laughs> Go murder some people in my memory. <laughs> Eat a horse. And this was how JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Stardust Crusaders began. <laughs> there, there's a there's a, there's a fan comic we need. The JoJo Brigade is just wandering through Egypt. They run into Isaac. I li- Bad things happen. I literally thought there was going to be a crossover at one point. <sighs> I was wrong. No. So far. Next, well, well, you know, as we've seen, Adi Shankar is not against uh, using, making completely <laughs> uh, not legally, uh, not legally okayed crossovers. So, who knows? JoJo will just meet Isaac in the desert. Somebody will get a stand. Isaac will get the whip out. It'll be a good time. Yeah, the Bengals will. will play in the background. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, that'd be great, right? <laughs> Oh. But yeah, I, I, I enjoyed these performances. They're both they're good, they're strong. I'm really curious to see where Hector's character is gonna go. Well I'm also, I'm also Well, we know one thing. Not a lot of clothing wherever he is. God bless you, Carmilla. Oh good times. I'm curious to see where Isaac goes too, but I feel like make a horde. Find some people make a bigger horde with those people yeah yeah it's all coming together 
<laughs> and on that note, let us go. Let's go to our next pair of characters. Uh, we have we have the Tepishes. They're a they're a they're a lovely couple. Uh, he knows a lot of things and is into science. She knows a lot of things are into science. They're a, they're a match made in heaven. And only one of them is a is a Dracula. <laughs> That's right, Vlad Dra Brad Tepish and Lisa Tepish, Mister and Mrs. Dracula. Man, I wish I could have gone to that wedding. Yeah, right. Do you think I would have ended up as the cake? <laughs> you never know. <laughs> um, Dracula obviously is. Dracula. <laughs> I know. I know. There's a specific iteration of that character in here, but I don't know if I really need to explain Dracula to you. You, you, you audience. You've you've read a book. You've seen a movie. You understand Dracula. Yeah. Oh my God. Specifically, this Dracula is. Uh, he's he's into gathering knowledge. He loved his wife very much, and he is really upset that a bunch of churchmen burned her to death while he was out walking. Uh, he's not having a great time. Uh-uh. And we have, we have, we have Lisa. She is a, she is a nice woman who reaches out to this weird lonely man in a traveling castle, forms a relationship with him, encourages him to be his best self, and everything is going grand until, again, a bunch of fucking, a bunch of fucking Catholics showed up and burned him down. <laughs> <laughs> it was all going so well. She was not putting people, she was not putting foot shavings in anyone's medicine. Nice lady. <sighs> uh, also inventing yes. penicillin like 400 yep. years before penicillin. Smart lady. Knew it, knew it was up. It's a shame about the everything. <laughs> God uh, damn it! Dracula is played by Graham McTavish. Uh, he's been in a... He's had, he's had quite a few credits under his name. He plays Dwalin in the Hobbit movies. Uh, he plays the Saint of Killers in Preacher, which now that I know this, I need to go see if my second favorite line from Preacher is uttered by him in that show. Uh, and uh, he has some voice acting credits to his name. He plays Sebastian Shaw in the Wolverine and the X-Men cartoon. And he plays the character uh, Zoran Lazarevic in the Uncharted games. Uh, and Lisa Tepish is played by Emily Swallow. Uh, who you would know for such roles as Kim Fisher in The Mentalists. Uh, she plays the armorer in The Mandalorian. And uh, she's going to be playing Emily in the upcoming game, The Last of Us Part II. Uh, so, Gigi, would you like to start us off again? Well, Dracula is now a daddy. So this is <laughs> what we wanted, right? This is what I'm here for. Right? Like, if he were played by David Wald, if this were actually an anime, I think I could probably die happy. Uh, Jesus Christ, someone really needs to make an anime with Dracula in it so David Wall can play him. Oh my god. That happened? I will that fucking kickstart it myself. He's gotta have played some but Well, no, no. duh, he was in Diabolic it Lovers. Needs to be the, it needs to be that one OVA where it has Dracula coming back, for some reason going to New York, and eating a hamburger. <laughs> Just have David Wald voice that Dracula. Oh my god. You see, you see, you see, Roots, you say that, but you're also implying that we should make 
a Tomb of Dracula anime and have David Wall play Dracula. And then I will die happy because that will be <laughs> rad as hell. <laughs> oh, God. Well, this guy, what was his name again? Uh, Graham McTavish. Graham. Graham McTavish. Um, this was the vampire I wanted. This was the sexy Dracula. This was the deliciously scary Dracula. And this was the Dracula that was very dead inside because his poor wife was killed by the church. Um, I loved this. This was when I when I come for the vamps, fam, this is what I want. Like, I don't want the really nasty, violent ones all the time because Dracula is inherently sexy and a lot of vampire movies are inherently sex metaphors. So God damn it. Dracula needs to be sexy. He obviously charmed his wife, Lisa, into marrying him because she's a very <laughs> she's a very no nonsense kind of girl. Like she's like this performance. What a queen, man. Lisa Tepes was a friggin queen. Like when she comes in in episode one, I was like, oh, I can't wait to see more of this girl. And then shocker, she dies before the credits start in episode one. And I was like, fuck. But I loved Lisa, the performance for Lisa. It was just great. It was like w- kind of like Beauty and the Beast-ish because you've got like the Belle who is like no nonsense and is like, whatever, like just give me what I want so I can get the hell out of here. Give me my father. And then you have the beast, which is Dracula, who's like, what are you going to trade me? Are you going to trade me you? And then they ended up getting married and having fucking kids, which somebody came into that house and painted their family portrait. Where is that guy? <laughs> What's his story? <laughs> Just saying, like, if she was so evil and he was so evil and they had an evil son, where's that guy? All right. Anyways, um, no, this was this was the vampire performance that we all needed, that all the girls watching Castlevania and all the people, all the boys, all the everybody, the dogs, the cats, the other vampires who love vampires and wanted the sexy vampire instead of the violent vampire. This is this is what we wanted. We wanted that that sexy back daddy vamp. And that's what we got out of this performance. <sighs> It was good times. It was good times with me and Drac. Me and me and Drac and yeah. All right. Well, I'm done embarrassing myself now. So I will let you talk, Roots. Thank you. Mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So since there really wasn't that much to her, um, I did really like Emily Swallow as Lisa Tepish. Uh, Her introduction to the show basically banging on Dracula's door and demanding his knowledge and getting it. Among other things. <laughs> wah, wah. Uh, I, I really loved it and I also felt really bad in the second season when uh, she's reintroduced in a flashback where she's giving the old woman some medicine and then the Catholic Church shows up and you know nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition nope um I got really sad when she was taken away because I knew she was gonna get burned at the stake and yeah like that's that's all that there is to her character and 
kind of a bummer. I hope Lisa Swallow, or I hope Emily Swallow, eh, a little tired. I hope Emily Swallow shows up in more stuff that happens to be in my wheelhouse, because she's good at voice acting. Um, Graham McTavish as Vlad Dracula Tepish. <laughs> oh my god. Between him, the main trio, and just everybody, especially Carmilla, I am surprised that there is scenery to spare for all of them to chew on. <laughs> That's a good joke. Like, he is just a glorious, glorious ham. And he just... Every scene he's in, he's either completely enraged or just absolutely done with everything. Uh, particularly, the scene I really liked of his was when he is confronting Carmilla in his study about why she called him out for not turning his wife when he had the opportunity to. Because we all know why he didn't do it. Because she represents the humanity he actually kind of wanted. And he couldn't bring himself to turn her. That's how it is. But it's it's just... At the end of the second season, when he's finally confronting the main trio, and he's just done. And you can kind of tell he just wants to die. Like, that was really kind of heartbreaking. And God, that last scene when he's fighting Alucard <laughs> and they end up in Alucard's room. And he's just, oh yeah, I'm killing my boy. Uh, and he just breaks down and cries. And then Alucard's breaking down and crying because he's, he's got a stake in his hand. They know, they know what's about to happen. It was sad. They could have... They could have changed the whole thing around. Think about it. Drac and Sun. They could have gone camping. <laughs> maybe fishing. They could have played baseball. He's a little older now. They could have gone to the strip club. Maybe the bar. <laughs> shared a beer. Clinked glasses. And he'd say, good job, son. When he went upstairs with like the wench of the day. But no. Alucard had to fucking save the last remains of humanity and betray his father. I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry. Ah, don't worry. Sorry. Dracula gets better. I mean, this is this is Castlevania. Dracula dies at the end of almost every Castlevania game, and somehow he is the main antagonist of every Castlevania game. He is a very resilient guy. Oh, good, because I was never talented enough to finish them, so that makes me feel better. I'm a... I'm gonna be straight with you. If this, if this, if season two is the last we've seen of Graham McTavish, and the show doesn't just get like immediately randomly canceled at some point, I will be shocked. <laughs> like it's Castlevania, Dracula comes back. It's what happens. He better. There better be yeah, that Dracon Son spinoff. Because the whole thing is like every fifty hundred years. I can't remember the exact lore. He just comes back. All right, I'm count. I'm counting on you guys. Just like Castle shows up at random, just Jack's back. Just hey, bitches, I'm back. I'm counting on you guys and your vampire logic. Uh, but yeah, just both saying. of these performances were really great. I had a ton of fun with 
Graham McTavish's Dracula in particular. Good times. Uh, I'm 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 pretty heavy agreement. Um, Lisa doesn't get to show up very often, which is a shame. She is I I think she's she's a fun written character. I'm hoping for more flashbacks where we get to see more of her. I am hoping slash dreading for Alucard flashbacks where he remembers being a boy and hanging out with his parents in happier times because they will be adorable and heartbreaking. Uh, and Emily will get to come back again, which I would I would I would I would like to see that happen. I do think she's she's a very good voice actress. I think she imbues Lisa with a lot of like personality, even with her limited screen time. Uh, I would definitely like to see her come back. She is very good at playing this character, and the character is a lot of fun. But let us now speak of Graham. People, uh, people who aren't me on the internet noted, I think that um, Dracula's design in the show kind of vaguely resembles the one Jemaine Clement has in What We Do in the Shadows, another oh, who no. is implied to be that universe version of Dracula. Oh, and. No. This is, there, there was a Tumblr account for a while that was just uh, taking um, subtitles from what we do in the shadows and putting it over uh, Castlevania screen caps. It worked shockingly well. Um, and as good, Jim, Graham is as good as playing this version of Dracula, who is sexy and grandiose and haunted, as Jermaine is playing that silly version of Dracula. Graham is so good. He is, he is, he is just what you want out of this character. He is, he is big. He is, he is this. He's regal. He is, he's like he's like a haunted, decrepit castle as a as a human. It's really I really enjoy this. He is so, he can be suave when he needs to be. You can you can tell when like you know ah yes this is this is the this is the Dracula, who creeps into your room at night, and is an obvious sex metaphor. Yeah. Uh, he can also just be so, he can also just be so haunted and tired, and just angry at the world. Uh, he has that, that again that wonderful scene between him and Alucard in the last episode, which is just absolutely heartbreaking. Uh, he is it, it's it's a it's a very good performance and like I I'm I am dead certain Dracula is going to come back at some point. It would be I will be again I'll be shocked if he doesn't, uh, and I will look forward to that because Graham is great at playing this character. I want to hear him do more of it. He is very good. Uh, two thoughts. Uh, also, have you regrets? <laughs> Did any of you see the tweet that was going around for a while that was, um, one was one of it was a screen cap of Lisa with, like, the caption of, like, when you're gonna fuck Dracula, and the other one was her portrait with, uh, Ali, Ali Card Dracula, where the caption was just, when you absolutely fuck Dracula. Yes! Oh it's just her, no. it's just her, it's just a fine art painting of her, like, smirking. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, yeah. This guy? He's my husband. And we bang. I have proof. <laughs> He's sitting on my knee right now. Oh Christ! Um, yeah, these 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 are good performances. I like them a lot. Good stuff. Speaking of Alucard, <laughs> shall shall we talk about Alucard and his human buddies? Yes, the, 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 the Scooby Gang. The absolute Scooby Gang. Zoinks. We have, we, our, we have our main trio. Uh, we have the one, the only, the last of his lineage. We have Trevor Belmont. He is the last of the Belmonts, a notable vampire hunting family, until they were wiped out for associating with black magic or whatever. Uh, Trevor's a little bitter about it. This happened when he was about 10. Life's been hard since then. 
he appears to be drunk all the time, possibly because it's just easier to deal with life that way. Uh, but despite all his drunkenness, he is talented, and he, there's there's a moral compass in there somewhere, even if he is deeply bitter and cynical, and just generally unhappy with the world. Uh, we also have Saifa Belnades. Uh, she is a seeker. She is a magic user. She's significantly more optimistic than Trevor. She wants to help people. Uh, she once makes an entire castle, uh, for, she forces an entire castle to move to where she is, because she's just that talented. Uh... Also, I, I, I realized this today. If you go to Warren Ellis' Twitter page, his uh, header at the top is actually the scene where uh, Sif is going, Look, see? God hates me. <laughs> Which I, I enjoyed. And, of course, we have Adrian Tepish, a.k.a. Alucard, a, a hot blonde in leather pants. <sighs> he, he used to be asleep in a crypt because he tried to fight his dad, and his dad won him. Made him go sleep in a crypt. And now he's out of the crypt. And he needs to stop his dad, but he's not going to be very happy about it. And also he can make his sword fly around. Which is a detail I constantly forget he can do. Whenever he does it, it's like, This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> You're so cool, Mr. Alucard. You could, definitely, you could definitely beat up that other Alucard in that other animated show. Oh god. <laughs> Yeah, where's where's that bootleg crossover? Yes, there are three leads, and Ted picked up on Alucard is uh, Vlad and Lisa's son. He has a lot of complicated feelings about that. Oh, so for who plays these characters? Trevor is played by Richard Armitage. Uh, you might know him for a few things. Uh, he is Thor and Oakenshield in the Hobbit movies. Uh, he first gained prominence when he played Guy of Gisborne in the uh, 2000s BBC Robin Hood series. Uh, but if you're me, and possibly only me, <laughs> uh, you know him because he is in the back half of the third season of Hannibal, where he plays Francis Dollarhide. And if you watch that, you get to watch him eat a painting. And it might be my favorite scene in film history. <laughs> oh my god. He just, he just, it's like, I, I was just watching, it's like, wait... Are they going to do it? Are they going to recreate that ridiculous scene from the book? And they did, and I was so happy. <laughs> uh, also, uh, while he doesn't have a lot of uh, voice acting credits to his role, he does do a lot of audiobook narration, apparently. Uh, and he's uh, apparently won a few awards for that, uh, so go check that out, maybe. Uh, Saifa is played by Alejandra Reynoso, uh, who is... Uh, uh, more recently, she's done some uh, vocal work in the games Red Dead Redemption 2 and Just Cause 4, where she plays sort of miscellaneous townspeople. Uh, but as far as I can tell, her most high-profile uh, role is she plays the characters of Flora and Chata in the Winx Club. Hell yeah! <laughs> That's right, fam! Little, little little blast from the past for you there. She's in the Winx Club. She's the only yeah. voice actress out of here. <laughs> we and she's Winx. just in the Winx Club. <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, and Alucard is played by James Callis. Uh, he has, uh, he has I, I did find one voice acting role for him. He's in an episode of Rick and Morty. Uh, I don't think he's in it for very long. Uh, but you might better know him for playing one of two things. He is plays Tom in the Bridget Jones movies. He's Bridget Jones' friend. I've never actually seen any of those. Uh, and he also plays Gaius Bolter in the uh, reboot version of Battlestar Galactica. Alright. Oh yeah. Uh, Gigi, would you like to start us off again and talk about these 
characters. Let's do this. Let's let's get to the end, fam. Again, for all three random accent choices. Um, so Saifa, at first I really didn't like this at all. Like I, I had the captions on, but I still couldn't understand what she was saying. But I will say that as the series progressed and season one went into season two, um, she definitely grew into her performance and grew into the character. And like towards like the very last episode, I was like, Oh, I really like her now. I was like, I love Saifa. Like I can do this ship, this three-way ship. Like let's make that sail. (laughs) And then they, they left poor Alucard by himself in the castle. And I was sad, but that regardless, no, I thought this performance, like once she got the hang of it, like it really started to shine I can't stop comparing this character to Elsa from Frozen to the point where I was like, why is she shooting fireballs? She's Elsa, clearly has ice powers, and I don't know what <laughs> was she going makes on. Ice. She makes ice. She makes a lot of ice. She's fucking Elsa. I kept waiting for her, the musical number to come out, for her to start singing Into the Unknown, and then making vampire puns, and it didn't happen. And I was sad. But no, this... it 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 grew on me. Um, Trevor, I felt that Trevor needed to carry the show. He's the Belmont, not the Belmont I'm most familiar with. Where the fuck is Simon? Well, I know where Simon is, but I won't spoil it if you haven't played anything. Um, uh, He needed to carry the show. I felt in season one, he carried the show. I felt in season two that he got outshadowed by all of the side chicks. I was just like, okay, like, I know there were less characters in season one. There were about four and a half characters in it. But I felt like Trevor Belmont, you really got his personality and you really got a sense of the vocal um acting performance in season one. And I felt that in season two, it was kind of toned down. I don't know. Like he had some really funny moments in season one. And I felt like for the, I don't know, the 40 funny ones he had in season one, he had maybe like 15 in season two. And that's a shame because Trevor Belmont's a funny guy. And this performance had really good comedic timing. Like I would have liked to see more of that, even though they curse incessantly for no reason. I don't, I'm still on that thing, but I know why now it's a comic thing. So whatever and then we get to alucard (sighs) alucard the reason i started watching this show because he looks like kamu from udino prince sama both very similar both i wished would step on me um fun fact this is my japanese dub fun fact uh, I was very upset because I really wanted Tomoaki Maeno, who's the voice of Kamu from Udapuri, to play Alucard, and he doesn't. But instead, the Seiyu, who is in this and plays Alucard in the Japanese dub, plays James from Pokemon. Go, go, <laughs> go figure. He's also the voice of Charizard in Smash Brothers. So I was like, amazing. I was yeah, like, I all see- right. Like, the actor who plays James does, like, a shit ton of the actual Pokemon voices in the Japanese version. Uh, yeah. A couple of them actually cross over and did the English, like um, like Charizard, and there was another really big one that I can't remember. 
all I know is that I'll never see Pokemon the same way again, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. Um, <laughs> I was also kind of calmed by the fact that I found out Tomoaki Maeno will be playing my favorite character in the 10 count anime. Excuse me, I need another 90 seconds to myself for that one. Um, But here's the thing with the English Alucard performance. I wanted to love this so badly. And I didn't. Like, the last episode of season one, I was like, oh, this is great. And season two, which is mostly about Alucard, I just was like, he's boring. Why is this performance so boring? Like, he is a super hot, sexy vampire who hates his dad and, you know, is totally emotionally conflicted. And yes, he is a stoic character, but at the same time, he just got out of the ground for the first time in however many years. Like, do something. Like, be more than one note. And I just... When he... When he staked Dracula in the heart, and I, I wanted to, to love Alucard and say that he can do no wrong, I felt more for Dracula than I did for Alucard. And I was like, no, I shouldn't be feeling this. I should be like, yes, stab your daddy. Get those issues out. But I wasn't. I was like, God, why the fuck did you do that to your dad? What a fucking asshole. So by the end of the series, I was super sad that he was all by himself in the castle, and he'll probably be like, talking to himself in that horrible monotone sad panda thing for like all of season three and I'm just like I wanted to like this so badly and it had so much promise at the end of season one that when it got to season two I was like totally disappointed and maybe that's my bias because I'm so like into the character design here that I was like he's gonna be my favorite I'm gonna love him he's my best boy and I'm like whoa, shit, did I really like Hector more than him? I guess I did. So, I, and, and it didn't have to do with, like, his story arc in the anime. It had a lot to do with the performance. Because the, the visuals were fine. If I muted it, I was like, oh, yeah, there he is. And then when he started talking, I was like, mm, no, I can't. So that's what I was the most disappointed about watching Castlevania. I know sad panda he didn't even step on me <sighs> alucard how could you what a dick probably about my time to start up shouldn't it yes yeah. sir all right um so the thing i like most about our three leads is the thing that i hinted at at the very beginning of the episode um they're dynamic is just the best. Um, they they bicker at each other. They're <laughs> you know, um, Alucard and Trevor are just slinging in- insults at each other like left and right, like being completely immature children about it too. It's it's just it's just fun to watch. Like that for that first episode of season two when they're starting on the journey and it's just like. You know, they're they're both telling each other to go fuck themselves, and I'm just like, you know, this is this is great. They're they're just like little kids, and it's, it's just fun. Um, I also like um, Richard Armitage. I'm kind of bummed 
because like Gigi, I looked at the Japanese seiyu. I was expecting Trevor Mont. I was expecting Trevor Belmont to be Junichi Sawabe, and he wasn't. Um, I can't remember the name of the 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 seiyu, but um, he plays Toriko, which is kind of a funny thing, considering um, in English, Toriko is played by Ian Sinclair, who is considered one of the analogs to Junichi Sawabe, so kind of fits. Uh, but I just love that he's played with sort of this drunken slur through the first season. He's just stumbling about trying to just trying to stay out of it. Like, he doesn't want anything to do with the, that Dracula shit. He just wants to get his drink and go home. Maybe beat up a guy who talks to another guy about fucking a goat. I don't know. Oh dear. But he drinks and drinks and drinks and drinks and drinks and drinks and fights. That's... That is the character in season one. And, uh, like... I can also get behind the fact that he... Grows and matures over the course of season two. It's great. Um... Saifa is really fun. Um... She's not initially fun in season one. Uh... She has kind of a serious attitude to her, and then as she's with Trevor and Alucard, she warms up, and when they reach the Belmont estate, and she's finally cracking jokes at them, I just got really happy. Like, I just want to see Saifa happy. Like, protect that smile. Aww. Mm. Um... I actually did kind of like the stoic personality of James Callis as Alucard. Um, I also like that toward the end of season two, um, right before the raid on Dracula's castle, like he was making quips and jokes with uh, with Trevor, even if they were you know mean spirited toward one another. He was still joking around. I like that. I hope we see more of that in season three. But our main three are great. I I love the fact that we are getting a season three so we can get even more of that. It's great. It's fun. There's just so likable. Even when they're just like they're petty two year olds with like I'm just picturing like that meme image of you know, the guy with the, the two kids on the leashes? <laughs> like, Sypha's holding Alucard and and Trevor on leashes. Like, that is that is the dynamic I see. And it's fun, and it's great, and I love them both. I love all three. Thumbs up. Yeah. <clears throat> um, let's see, where should I start? Uh, I liked Alejandra as Saifa. I think I do think she took a little longer to grow into the role. I think part of that is definitely that. Um, I think I think I think part of that's just that Saifa's role expands more as season two goes on. I think she just had more opportunity to actually play the character. Uh, but I liked her a lot by the end. I thought she did a good job of feeling 
I think I don't like she she was like very like funny. I thought like she didn't fall into the trap of being like, oh, she's the woman of the group, so she's gonna be really serious all the time, and the other two are gonna be the knuckleheads. Like no, she gets like her own jokes. Uh, she gets to have like good character interaction with everybody. She gets to be part of the banter. Um, she felt a lot like an actual like like one of the main characters in that unit, uh, and I think Alejandra did a good job with that. Uh, she's very good line deliveries. <laughs> Uh, she's also just, like, very... I think in the last episode when she's, like, mooning over Trevor and it's, like, very cute. And it's like, this is adorable. It was cute. It was very cute. You, you two crazy kids stay together. <laughs> and maybe have another main character from a different Castlevania game. We'll see. Dun -dun -dun -dun. Um, da -da -da. Yeah. <laughs> um, I enjoyed her a lot. Um, uh, I, like, I, I think I like James's performance as Ali Card. I thought his... Is there a cult? Uh, how would it be? He's sort of... He's very regal, I thought. I think that's kind of the main thing that came across. He's someone who, like, you know, he stands up straight all the time. Um, I, think that did, I think that did work for the character. I think there was maybe an argument that he could have done a little more with sort of his internal torment. Um, but I did like his performance. I also just really liked his delivery of after Trevor tries to knee him in the groin, just going like, please, have some class. This isn't a bar fight. <laughs> <laughs> he's just... He's... He's just so, so unimpressed with this move, and it's like, shame, shame. Um, I like that a lot. And also, just like the last, the very, some action shows end on a big thundering note. Castlevania ends with a man crying in his childhood bedroom, lamenting his lost childhood innocence. It's like, oh. <sighs> what a downer. Well, this, well, this is a bummer. <laughs> I, I'm, hope, I'm hoping he doesn't stay in the castle too long in season three. I think the three of them work best when they're together. He's gonna be all by himself. Cue Celine Dion music right here. Lots of lots of standing dramatically in hallways. Oh, the single tear that flows from his eye. It's true. <laughs> it's very, very dramatic. Um, but of these three, I really, I really enjoyed Richard Armitage. It just he is so drunk <laughs> all the time. He is so hammered. I I was impressed by our Richard is good at selling even the dramatic moments while making it sound like Trevor has probably had a few too many recently. Um, I especially like the bit where they're like they're going to try and find the Belmont Keep, and he's just like looking around. It's like it's that tree. I used to play on that tree all the time. That was my fort. Goodbye, tree. That's like <laughs> that was funny. Oh, like the one nice thing from your childhood you can remember. You just <laughs> happen to see it. What a guy! No, I like I I, I I liked him a lot. I thought he was. I thought he. I thought he nailed the. I thought he did the dramatic moments really well. I thought he nailed the humor of the character really well. I thought he was always good at playing him as like Trevor Belmont's a badass and also kind of a screw up. He's trying really hard. And sometimes that's enough, and sometimes not so much. But he's he's trying. Um, they, I, I think these three are at their strongest when they're like working together. I thought like the banter and interplay between the three of them was really consistently strong throughout. Like they're they just they they play off each other really well. I think the, the writing for that was very strong. Those are those are just those are often just even when it's a little too talky. I think when they're at least on screen, it lightens up a little bit because there's at least going to be some good back and forth. And on that note, let's shall we enter our final thoughts and wrap up this baby? Yes, it's time to go yeah. back in the coffins. Yeah. 
<sighs> All right, fam. Well, I made it through two seasons of Castlevania. I was pretty proud of myself personally because I don't finish anything ever. Um, honestly, I grew up playing these games and I kind of was expecting something completely different, which is to say, I don't know if I really expected like a pixelated little dude hitting people with a whip, but I don't know. I wanted something different than what I got out of this being a fan of the games and not like I'm talking the old school games guys <laughs> like I didn't play the newer ones so like when I played them like I don't know I played the the regular one you know what I'm saying I can't remember my mm -hmm. my brain hurts it's late so I don't know I like have you ever seen Captain N and the Game Masters yes <laughs> remember when Simon Belmont was in there and he was like a muscle head, yes. That's kind of what I was expecting. <laughs> and kind of what I wanted. Fair. And, and I didn't really get it. Like, I honestly, this show is way too violent for me. I know, a vampire show that has violence in it. Who would have thought? Um, I don't like the violent vampires. I like the sexy vampires. Um, and, like... I'm not a prude by any means, but all of the cursing turned me off like a lot. And that's like a writing and directorial choice. Um, and that's how they wanted to make this anime. So good for them. And now that you said he writes comic books, it makes complete and total sense why there would be a lot of cursing and why like the period things wouldn't make sense because who cares? They're making a very violent action oriented cartoon. Um, I don't know. I do my vampires differently, I think, than the way that Castlevania has been formatted. And therefore, I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. Um, but the dub of it, I mean, it's different for me because I'm usually not a person who will watch American cartoons and watch them with a bunch of actual, like screen and actors as opposed to being strictly voice actors. Um, so, again, wasn't really what I was expecting. Uh, I won't watch this again, and I'm sure I'll end up watching season three because the boyfriend really likes it, and he's always bugging me to watch Castlevania, even when he'd already seen it. He's like, let's watch Castlevania, even before we're doing this episode, let's watch Castlevania. And I'm like, all right, all right. He's like, you'll like it. There are vampires. And I was like, all right, all right. And, like, it wasn't my thing, personally. But that's a personal choice. Um, I don't know if I'll end up watching season three voluntarily. Like, I'm really kind of not interested in anything else that's going to happen. Because Dracula's dead. My daddy is gone. What do I do now? And Alucard's too sad to give a fuck. So, I don't know. It wasn't my cup of tea. But that's just personal preference, obviously. A lot of people with different tastes will like this more than I will. So, all right, uh, Roots. Yeah, so this was a show that I had more or less followed as it was initially being put up on Netflix. Um, and as a guy who's casually played a couple of the sort of mid-era Castlevania games and had a general sense of, you know the plot beats and whatnot. Um, 
I liked it. I am kind of surprised it was allowed to be as, you know, gory and monster-driven and, like, just what we got. Uh, mainly because, you know, the initial games were sort of, you know, as Gigi alluded to, like, Simon Belmont was in a, a kid's show, Captain N. And he was basically a muscle-headed jock in that. And, like, <laughs> to see, you know, 20-something years later, like, a proper adaptation of a Castlevania story. I don't know if this is based on any of the actual games, like, it, is, I, it is very it is very nominally based on the third game. Uh, okay, that was that's the one mostly I in the sense. Yeah, that's but that's mostly because that's the one that like Trevor and Sypha and Alucard first show up in. Wait, the first uh, Nintendo the, game or the third Nintendo no, game? No, the, thir the third the third Nintendo game. Yeah, I know. Okay, I remember uh, Alucard in the third Nintendo game. I don't remember anybody else. I think uh, Trevor's the Belmont you play, and you can pick up Sypha as, like, an assistant character if you take a certain route. Uh, there was also a fourth character named Grant Danisty. He was a pirate. Uh, he was written out of the show because Warren Ellis thought he had a stupid name and didn't know why a pirate would be running around a landlocked country in, in southeastern Europe. Are you serious? <laughs> this, this, is an this is an unsighted quote on Wikipedia, so it might be wrong. That's but amazing. I find that Warren Ellis would think that was a, it was a stupid name, yes. <laughs> Bless amazing. you, Warren Ellis. Uh, but the show is the show is incredibly fun. Um, vocal performances are top notch, and yeah, uh, do be aware that this show is very violent. Uh, so if that's not your thing, like it's, it's fine. Don't go ahead and don't check it out because it's like it. It goes really, really far with its depiction of graphic violence. Uh, so if, like, you've got an aversion to that, like, it, it's alright to just tune out of this one. But it is fun, um, if you can get by that. So, good times. Yeah. Uh, this show is very much my jam. It's just, it's a lot of, lot of thing, a lot of, lot of stuff that I, I personally enjoy. Um, so I, I, this, and it's very much the kind of show where even if it has kind of like, you know, flaws to it, it's very much like, oh, I'm, I'm enjoying this ride. I'm just going to keep riding that. Yeah. Swearing, ridiculous references. <laughs> what have you. Um, and I do, I think the voice acting in this is very strong. I do think this was a, this was well put together. I think it's well written and directed. I think the casting is very strong. Um, and I would recommend it with that, with that caveat that it is, it's very violent. It's clearly enjoying the fact that as a cartoon, it can get away with a little bit more than if it were a live action show doing the same thing. Um, so if that's not your cup of tea, you know, maybe give it a skip. Uh, but if you don't mind that kind of thing, uh, I would give it, a, I would suggest giving it a watch, especially cause it's not, it's only about 12, you know, 25 minute episodes at this point. You can, you can watch it in like a few days if you want to. It's a good time. Uh, and you know, by the time this comes out, like the, Yes. Season 3 will probably be out, and that's only 10 episodes on top of that, so 22. Exactly. Oh my god, it's going to be 10 episodes? Yes. God damn it. Look, here, here's what you should do. You should turn it on, 
And then just fast forward until Hector shows up when he's probably not wearing a lot. That's exactly what I was going to say I was going to do. Do that. Give Reward yourself. Treat, treat yourself. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, uh, if, you, if you would like to watch Castlevania, it is on Netflix. Uh, so far, the first two seasons, which are what we covered, have been released on home video uh, from Viz Media, so you can get them there. Uh, if you'd like to watch more of us, uh, we are on Twitter and Tumblr and Twitch and somewhere else, I think, uh, at uh, Dubpock, Dub, Dub, Dub Pod. Uh, so go check us out there and keep up to date with us. You're obviously probably watching us on YouTube or Podbean, so you know where we are there. Uh, we also have a Patreon uh, where you can give us some money and we can help make a slightly nicer product for you. Isn't that nice? And if you do give to our Patreon, we will give you a shout-out in the show. And we'd like to thank our patrons right now. Uh, at the $5 tier, we have Crimson Echidna, Michelle Travis, uh, Miraculous Corazon, and Nico Robin, but with Yowie Hands. Thank you. <laughs> it cracks me you up bet. every time. It's the best one. And at the $10 tier, we have Carly Lestikow, Jacob Wilson, J2, a.k.a. Jared, Marissa Lenti, and Weeby. So thank you. Uh, Fiji Roots, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and YouTube at Anime Palooza, uh, where I post videos twice a week about Udapri and cute figures, and I talk about boys a lot. It's what I do. And uh, yeah, I, I have another podcast called the Shoujo Trash Showdown. We post about month, once a month about your, your shoujo and your trash needs. Um, Castlevania will not be on that show, but we do like Diabolic Lovers if you really want to talk about vampires. Um, and I also have my own podcast called the Anime R&R Podcast, where I talk about whatever the hell I want, because it's mine. That's it. Alright, so you can find me on the Twitter.com at Roots of Justice, where I mainly retweet cute animal pics, um, talk general fandom stuff, um... I'm also, as I've been saying in the past, like, couple episodes that I've been on for the past, like, six months that I'm writing reviews, um, I'm doing some write-ups for, uh, What We Do in the Shadows and the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Um, when I find somewhere to put them up on, I'll put them up, um... You know, I got a blog collecting dust. Maybe I'll do something with that. Uh, but yeah. Good times. Come follow me. We'll have a good time. Do it. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at US. Duel has two U's in it. We're talking about movies and comic books and anime and music. And uh, because I like talking about music, I have a dusty old song for you. Yes! I was going to ask Yay! for one. Yeah, well, I, I, I had trouble with this one because I didn't know how clever I wanted to be. There are lots of songs about vampires. I wasn't sure, should I go relatively well-known, relatively obscure? If I was going to go obscure, I was going to do a, uh, what is it, a, a song called Night of the Vampire by Rocky Erickson and the Aliens. But I thought, no, you know what, I'm going to go obvious. If you're talking about popular songs about vampires, there's only one song that matters. And that's Bela Lugosi's Dead by Bauhaus. Yes! All... <laughs> Thank you. It is, it is it is 10 minutes long. It's amazing. Every second of that is perfect. Oh, I, I love it. My levels peak so hard with that one. If you if you've not heard it, you should go listen to it immediately. It will change your life. It's the best song. <laughs> so on that note, 
Thank you for joining us for this elaborate prank at your expense. You've been wonderful. I am the terror that flaps in the night. Dark wing, duck, wait. I mean, that's close. It's got flapping and bats and... Fuck it, I'm gonna go put a collar on. See you guys later. <laughs> Good night, folks. Love your pieces. Otago on there, Dubbas. Rock on Boston, rock on Cleveland. <laughs>